Chris Charles of Idle Features, and with me this evening is former American bandstand dancer, wrestler, exotic dancer, and one of the first ladies in the country to be charged with cyberstalking, Robin <laughs> Kelly, better known to some as Miss Ruby Tuesday. So how are you doing this evening, Ruby? I am good. How are you? I'm very well. Um, we'll go with Ruby. Okay. Um, since you're, I guess you're just as comfortable with that as you are with Robin. Yeah, you can call me pretty much anything you want. <laughs> yeah, and that's the first that's the first name I knew you by, so I'll go with Ruby. Okay. Um, now, you, your written interview that we did uh, a couple of weeks ago is going to run concurrently with this, so I'll just uh, you know ask you basically the same questions and try to get some more detailed answers from you okay. uh, than the ones you gave via email. All right. <laughs> okay. Your show business career started with American Bandstand, basically, correct? I guess so. Yeah, I danced yeah, the- for Matt for like. Six years, seven years. Uh, you said from 73 to 79? Uh-huh. And now you met with Dick Clark, but you didn't really hang out with him that much. But do you have any memories of Dick Clark? Like He was a great any... guy, nice guy. He, oh, yeah. You know, he, uh, I guess, opened the doors for quite a few people in the music entertainment industry. So, you know, I, but he was always nice, very polite, very cordial, very, uh, uh, just, I don't know, <laughs> I, you just struck me as a very nice person. Now, um, I see you and some of the other American Bandstand alumni got together for sort of a reunion after Dick passed away. Yes, we all met at the Star on Vine Street. And then after that, we had a, a reunion to to remember Dick Clark over at the, I guess, the Hilton mm-hmm. in Burbank. Now, how, of the guests who appeared on the show, uh, the singers and the performers, did you um, really get to know any of them very well? I wouldn't say I got to know them very well, but <clears throat> definitely had a few opportunities to, to meet them. And, you know, didn't, you didn't have to pay for the meet and greet, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you do yeah. now. Or if you go to a concert now, you have to pay to go meet the person, you know, backstage. My American Bandstand, we just all got to meet the entertainers, you know, mm-hmm. free of charge. Now we're- were all of them mostly open to meeting the dancers and the and Oh, the yeah. Staff they were very too. open to it. You know, they were very nice. Like I said, it was it, American Bandstand really was a, a nice, I guess, experience for anybody who was on the show, whether mm-hmm. they were the entertainer or they were the, the dancer watching the entertainment. You know, it was just, it was, it was filled with music. So, you know, good times. Now, did you have to learn any of the latest dance steps to no. go to the songs they played? They played basically top ten on that show, didn't they, yep. every week? Yeah, they played the top ten of what was happening at that time, and, and then whatever new music was coming out, that's where the Raider record concept Yeah, went. and so basically you just you just danced however you felt. Oh, yeah, uh, however the you felt. They didn't, oh, okay. there, there was no... You know, there there was no rule on how you had to dance or how you weren't allowed to dance. Just whatever you felt like. The cameramen were running around and they were doing their job. So if you were dancing uh-huh. in a way that they liked, then they would put you on camera. So you weren't like the solid gold dancers who had to learn a routine. No, no, you didn't have to learn a routine. Right. No, American Bandstand was dance however way you want to dance. <laughs> Okay. All right. So then after your stint on American Bandstand, shortly thereafter, you got started in, we'll say, um, well, it was uh, wrestling first, wasn't it? Um, actually, it was female mud wrestling. 
Uh huh. Now this was in the early '80s. This was when female mud wrestling was sort of in its heyday. Correct. And um, let's see. How did you actually first get started in that? Did you meet someone? No, actually, what it was is I was doing hair at the time. I was a hairdresser, and mm-hmm. because I've been a hairdresser since I was 16. And okay, you have your own salon today, in fact. Uh, no, I don't own a salon. No, I work. Uh-huh. I'm independent. I work for myself out of a salon. I pay uh-huh. commission, sixty forty. I for every ten dollars, I get six. They get four. So that way, I don't have to pay the for the chair rental. I don't have to pay for yeah. the salon. I come and go as I please. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. When I worked as a mechanic, it was just fifty fifty. Oh, fifty fifty. That's that's not bad. <laughs> But um, so anyway, no, I was working as a hairdresser, and I read an ad in the paper, you uh-huh. know, and I was seeking women who were tomboyish by nature, women who wanted to travel the world, women who wanted to make a lot of money, women who wanted to be on TV, and women who wanted to, you know, cash in on a whole new phenomenon direct from Europe. And that was, I went and I checked it out, and it turned out to be female mud wrestling. And it was uh-huh. from Europe originally. And I originally, I was a round girl, which is where you hold a number and you walk around the, the ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw the girls were playing in the mud, I went, oh, I want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to hold the, the, the card and walking around. I want to get in the mud. So I started doing the female mud wrestling. I my first match I won and I was undefeated after that. <laughs> now this was unscripted. It was unscripted, real wrestling. Yeah, unscripted. But there there were rules, weren't there? No, uh, no rules whatsoever. Or I mean like no punching, no biting, there was, holding, no, hair. There's no holds barred. We could do whatever we really? wanted. <laughs> yeah. So like what were some of the dirtier things some of the girls other girls would do to you? Well, it wasn't that they got dirty because, like I said, I was undefeated. So, you know. Uh-huh. Not- I mean, there was no hair pulling or. Oh, I'm sure they tried to pull my hair once or twice, but I, I'm good at wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I pretty well, I was on the defense or the, you know, and then I would be, I guess they were fighting me off the entire time. And, mm-hmm. and then as the new girls came in, they would say, "Hey, let me let me pin you so my boyfriend can see that." And I'm like, "No, I don't think so. <laughs> You're gonna have to earn they, that pin." Did they ever offer money to t- have you take a dive, so to speak? Um, not money to take a dive, but they did ask me to take a dive on more than one occasion. And then the girls started getting boob jobs, and then it was, "Oh, don't wrestle so hard." And there was one particular match. I'm not gonna say who the girl is, but if she's listening, she knows exactly who she is. We were wrestling, and she had, shouldn't have been wrestling because she had just gotten her boob job, and she wasn't healed up yet. And I landed on top of her, and her implant went flying into the audience. Wow. Oh, yeah, that, that was that, wow. That was a wild moment. That, yeah, that's one for the books. <laughs> so that, that <laughs> like told me, that. Yeah, but that told me then and there, I definitely don't want to get a boob job. But, yeah. um, I, you know, we still talk now. <laughs> so you know, uh, she, I guess she forgave me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, then from wrestling, uh, that sort of led to some uh, adult magazine modeling. 
Yeah, actually, the, the female mud wrestling did lead to some adult magazine modeling because I, I was also uh, one of the ladies I was mud wrestling with, Queen Kong, debut her. She opened the door for me to do some magazines uh, for, like, Reflections magazine. And then she also opened the door for me to do some other wrestling, you know, with the show called PAL, Powerful Women of Wrestling. She... Uh, She's opened the door for me for a few things, actually. But before that happened, before I started doing the other wrestling, I had wrestled Andy Kaufman. Oh, yeah. And that's what opened the door for me to do other stuff, too, because I had pinned him twice. What was wrestling him like? Did he go easy on you because you were a girl? Or did <laughs> no, he really didn't fight? go easy. <laughs> did he fight dirty? Yes, he fought very dirty. How did he feel about being pinned? I mean, did he take it as a good sport, or did it really get to him? Actually, he didn't. He didn't like the fact that he got pinned. And the first time I pinned him, the first thing he said was, "You know, Jadell DeLong." And I went, "Yes, I do," because <laughs> Jadell is the person I was trained by as far as wrestling goes, and I met Jadell through Queen Kong. So anyway, she, she teaches a move where you can pin somebody in less than ten seconds. And it, it has to do with confusion of the brain. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with strength and everything to do with confusing the brain so they don't know which is right and which is left. And so this particular move, I, 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 if you watch the wrestling match, it is on my website at MissRubyTuesday.com at the, the bottom of the page there. You'll see in the first 10 seconds of the match, I take them down and pin them. And you'll see... Yeah. What it was, it, like I said, it's a confusion of the brain. It has nothing to do with strength because Andy was a lot bigger than me. <laughs> yeah. No, he's six foot something, and I'm five foot four, not quite five five. And I took him down real, real quick. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. That's impressive. Um, yeah, you know, further in the match, yeah, because I was doing it because I wanted the money. He was giving away mm -hmm. money if you could pin him. And then uh, I pinned him again, and I still didn't get the money. And his referee, Bob Zamuda, you know, he um, just kept in the, in the paper. It says that he came under considerable criticism for a long count, meaning it took him basically 10 seconds to count to three. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, he's like, yeah. what? <laughs> you know, two, I mean, really, truly, it wasn't one, two, three like it should have been. So, okay. And I still managed but, to hold Andy down the entire time. Okay, but for any skeptics out there, this was the real deal. Andy did not uh, lay down for you. No, this Andy is... did not lay down for me. Maybe later. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, but, we won't get into that. Well, we don't need to get into that. But, yeah. no, this, this wrestling match between Andy and I was legitimate. It was definitely I wanted the money, and I was going for it, and his height didn't scare me. All right. Um, okay, in addition to uh, wrestling, you also did some exotic dancing at some of the higher-end uh, gentlemen's clubs in the Los Angeles area. They may not have been called gentlemen's clubs back then, but I understand you worked at the body shop in Hollywood? Yes, I, well, I was mud wrestling at the Tropicana, uh -huh. and then I was also doing burlesque, stripping at a place called The Body Shop in Hollywood. That's, that's where you met our mutual friend, Deborah Lamb. That's where I met Debbie, yes. Her and I were, you know, I think she went on after me, or I went on after her. Depends on whether or not the magician was coming on. Val Valentino, also known as the Masked 
magician. He was the, oh, the magician at the time. So we, we kind of have a, a little family there because Kit and Natavadas, she was there too. Oh, really? And you know who Kitten is, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Do you still keep in touch with many of the ladies you performed yeah. with back in your heyday? I keep in touch with each and every one of them. They're with me on Facebook. Okay. So we get okay. to say hi to each other, see how each other's doing, you know. Okay, cool. Now, um, I know you performed at um, the Tropicana. You mentioned the body shop. You mentioned uh, Smoky Stovers. Yeah, that's where I wrestled Andy Kaufman at. Okay, and also in Las Vegas. Yeah, I worked at the Palomino. And the Palomino, it's, you know, it's a burlesque palace, what have you, but it's totally nude. And I would impersonate Gypsy Rose Lee. Yeah, now, uh, yeah, you did a Gypsy Rose Lee impersonation. Who were some of your other uh, favorite performers from the old days of burlesque? Or did you ever meet any of these ladies, like uh, Tempest Storm or um, Sally Rand? I don't know if... Uh, they were they were actually there with, prior to me. How about Betty Page? Did you ever meet her? No, but I've I've impersonated Betty Page. I, I have okay. a, I actually I have a video on YouTube, you know, called "Me as Betty Page" or "Betty Page Similarities." Yeah, Betty Page Similarities. But yeah, who doesn't love Betty Page? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Betty Page. You know, she was doing it in the fifties, but she, you know, her and I are actually the exact same height. We mm-hmm. we have the exact same measurements. We both had dark hair, light eyes. She was doing it in the 50s. I'm doing it in my 50s. <laughs> That's, you also appeared in a few films or some direct-to-video stuff uh, back in the 80s as well? Yeah, I did I did a few different little, I guess, videos, but uh, nothing too crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did, like, you know, a couple of foot trampling, I guess, videos. I did a couple of bondage videos, uh a couple of um, just, you know, adult theme, but no direct actual porno or anything like mm-hmm. that. It, it would be considered more like insinuation, you know, yeah. soft porn, nothing that was... Specialty stuff. Yeah, nothing that was like, uh, you know, <laughs> right in your face, me having sex with somebody, no. I understand you uh, appeared on an episode of The People's Court, is that correct? Yes, I did, People's Court, and... And uh, Judge Wapner? With Judge Wapner, yes, and actually Muhammad Ali saw it, and he flew me to Vegas to watch the Duran-Hagler fight because he thought I should have won that case on people's court. What was the case about? I was suing my boss because he fired me because a, a girl had served a minor alcohol, and I was a bartender, she was a bartender, but she didn't have a green card, so... They fired me because I was a United States citizen, and it was easier to claim I gave the minor the alcohol rather than have this girl get in trouble without a green card. And so I sued, and it was, um, his name was Scott, and he ran, he ran a couple of places called the Humdingers in Orange County, and it, it, they were bikini bars, mm-hmm. your bar, bikini bar. And then... Um, I sued for wrongful termination, and Judge Watner started saying, boy, you're just a feisty one, aren't you? And I'm like, well, you know, uh, this girl shouldn't have served the minor alcohol. It's not my fault you don't have a green card, but I'm not going to take the rap for this girl, you know, not having a green card. And he goes, well, it doesn't matter whether she has a green card or not. It doesn't matter whether she lied or not. It doesn't matter whether or not you had, you know, served the minor the alcohol. You 
you lose this case because you did not have a piece of paper specifying you were hired for a specific amount of time, meaning I was week to week and I could be terminated for any reason just because the guy didn't like me, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I was a little upset about that and I walked out and Doug Duellen said, so clearly, yeah, that kind of rubs, you know, rubs salt in the wound, adds insult to injury when you got to talk to Doug. Yeah, and he's like, oh, so uh, clearly you don't like what happened in that courtroom today. And I'm like, that's OK. <laughs> I'm going to get my satisfaction in the parking lot in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, what? And then, uh, he's like, oh, and so we're since you're no longer working there. Where are you working now? And then I grabbed the microphone and I said, I'm at the holiday on Norwalk Boulevard in Santa Fe Springs right off the five freeway and he's like nothing like a little plug and then right after that Muhammad Ali called the holiday and offered me a, a all expense paid trip to Las Vegas to see the Duran Hagler fight mm. and then I went and saw the fight and I won $22,000 at Caesars Palace play and Kino. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of boxing uh, you actually did some foxy boxing back in the 80s as yes, well. I also did boxing you know, actually, I, I really like Ronda Rousey because I, I watch uh -huh. her and she kind of reminds me of me when I was that age. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. just a lot of spit and vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, you had a few ring names. Now, the Red Snapper was because of your flaming red hair. Correct. I was a redhead for about 10 years straight. What were some of uh, your other ring names? Uh, I was also known as the Rock and Rebel. Uh -huh. And that's when that, I was, was after uh, the Red that's when I did POW, Powerful Women of Wrestling. You know, um, so uh, Debbie used to call me Rock and Robin, but mm -hmm. <laughs> it was Rock and Rebel. And then, yeah, I've been Ruby Tuesday pretty much all my life. My grandmother gave me the name Ruby Tuesday. When I was born, I was born Robin Lisa Kelly. But because I was the first grandchild of my grandmother, she said, no, her name is Ruby, because I, that was my grandmother's birthstone. She said I was like a jewel, you know, mm -hmm. and so she gave me the name Ruby, and I was born on a Tuesday, so she gave me the name Ruby Tuesday. And my mom kept saying, no, no, her name's Robin, she's not going to, you know, and my grandma goes, well, you call her what you want, I'm going to call her what I want. And then about 10 years later, the song Ruby Tuesday came out by the Rolling Stones. And my grandmother was like, see, they even wrote a song about you. <laughs> so I've been yeah. by that name forever. I, you know, I do business under that name. I, my phone's listed under that name. You know, I, it, it's just it's stuck with me. But most people know that Ruby Tuesday is Robin Kelly. Oh, uh, were you Actually, ever... Glowhead already started to dissipate, just fall apart. Uh -huh. That's where David McClain came in, and he started the company POW, Powerful Women okay. Wrestling, because Matt Simber and him had a little falling out. And then after I was done doing the tour with POW, I came back to Vegas, and Glow was trying to reform. And I guess mm -hmm. that would have been season three or four, but without David McClain, it was just going to be ran by Matt Simber and Jacqueline Stallone, um, Sylvester Stallone's mom. Right. Yeah. So then um, I, I went to do the audition for it, but apparently it just wasn't going to work out for me to be doing it. So it, it was kind of like there for like two weeks. So it didn't really pan out. And then mm -hmm. I started working at the Palomino. <laughs> so I just went, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 
getting a little old for this wrestling stuff, so I'm going to hang up my wrestling shoes and put on some high heels. <laughs> okay. Now, okay, now, uh, coming up to current times. Current times, right here. I've, I've seen... I've seen you in some uh, cosplay outfits that you seem to enjoy. You told me that you really hadn't been to any cosplay events or comic conventions. Do you plan on attending any in the near future? It might be nice. Yeah, I just haven't really had the opportunity, which is why I do. You know, I love Halloween. It's always been my favorite time of year to put on some fun costumes. And being a ex, you know, burlesque individual, I tend to... Uh, really like costumes <laughs> you know mm -hmm. i love makeup i love wigs I, I love getting into character but um now that i'm no longer you know doing burlesque it, i kind of lost that opportunity to do that on a regular basis and so youtube opened that door for me to be able to still do that because i can do it right here in my own home and or wherever i'm at at the time and get into character and do the little videos and put them on YouTube. Because, yeah, YouTube is kind of like where everybody gets to go still be themselves without, you know, having a boss. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, San Diego Comic-Con is like the Super Bowl of Comic-Cons, and you're not too far from San Diego, so. Actually, I'm about that... two and a half hours from San Diego. Well, still, that's not too far, so. Um, Maybe three yeah, hours, hopefully... four hours. Actually, I'm four hours from San Diego. Okay. Well, still, hopefully, fans may be able to see you there or one of the other ones in L.A. That would in the, be nice in the if, if they wanted to. Yeah, that would be great. Okay. <laughs> but if not, okay. they can um, always say hi to me at YouTube. <laughs> now, throughout your career, um, you've uh, suffered a few injuries, a few aches and pains and bruises and a little more serious than that. I asked you this through email, and you said that you've had a complete bilateral hip and leg replacement. So you're basically titanium from your hips to your knees. Correct. Right. I am titanium from the hip to the knees. <laughs> but it doesn't, really, it doesn't really hamper you. I mean, you um, walk, you dance. Yeah, I, yeah, well, I can dance, but, you know, clearly I'm not doing any kickovers. Clearly I'm not doing any splits. Clearly I'm not doing anything that... Well, I have a limited range of motion, and I uh -huh. have to honor that limited range of motion or else I end up having to get another surgery. So, you know, I honor that limited range of motion. <laughs> As the doctor okay. said, you know, I asked him if I could have sex still now that, you know, I've had my hip and leg, you know, replaced to the knees on both sides. And he goes, well, you know that position where you, you put your feet behind your ears? And I'm like, yeah, I love that one. He goes, never again. He goes, that's going to be a memory for you. And if and if you do find yourself in that position, you'll be looking at me at the end of the date. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. So, yeah, so, fond memories. <laughs> sp speaking of sex, um, would you like to tell me about your favorite scar and how you got it? And oh, sure. And who, who you were with at the time? Yes, I do have a favorite scar. I've got lots of scars all over my body, but my favorite scar is the one I got from Billy Idol. Actually, uh -huh. his I got the, a combination of Billy Idol and his car. He, at the time when I got the scar, uh, I was in Vegas, and Billy was in Vegas, and he was there because Sam Kinison was at the Dunes Hotel. This was 19, around 1990? No, 1988. <laughs> okay. And then, um, you know, Sam Kinison was there, what have you. But anyway, Billy came into a place called the Moby Grape, which used to be a rock and roll nightclub off of Maryland and Trop. 
And he came in, I saw him, you know, he said hi, and he's like, uh, you want to take off, you want to split? I'm like, yeah, of course, but my car's still here. And he goes, well, you can just leave it in the parking lot. So I got in his car, which was a Cobra 427, and uh, he said, let's go see the sights. And I took him and Sam over to the Crazy Horse, which is a strip joint. And as I was getting out of his car, I burnt my leg, my right leg, calf, on his side pipe of the car. Mm. Okay. And then he saw what I did, and he's like, oh, wow, I'm sorry that happened. I'll have to kiss your boo-boo in a little bit. And I'm like, you can kiss her right now if you want. But it started getting really big, and then bigger and bigger, and the next thing I know, it popped. And then, uh, unfortunately, yeah, and this was like a couple hours later, because him and I and Sam had all went inside the crazy horse, had a good time, and then we started driving around the strip, and they were screaming, this is our town, this is our town. I'm like, get me out of this car right now. And then he parked, we went upstairs, you know, at the Dunes Hotel, and then he saw that the blister kept popping, and he started kissing it, <laughs> you know, and then we were having fun, and then for about three days, you know, kept having fun. And the blister kept forming, popping, forming, popping. So, yeah, uh -huh. I now have a really good scar on my leg from, you know, his car and him and I having a lot of friction. <laughs> yeah. Well, a good scar and a hell yeah. of a story. Fun, uh, yeah, too bad this is just an audio interview. Otherwise, you know, fun, I'll get you to share on camera. <laughs> I, can, I can send you a, a picture of the scar. That's no problem. <laughs> sure. I'd, I'd love that. Yeah, I can send you a copy of that. Um, okay. But, yeah, definitely a fond memory. No, mm -hmm. He's a great guy. And, you know, a, a, a lot of people, they may not say nice things about him, but he he was nice to me. And so I have nothing but good things to say about him. <laughs> but you've lost touch with him over the years, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I haven't. Yeah, clearly I, I might go see him in May. I haven't decided yet. He, he's going to be in Vegas at, uh, I think, the Lexor or something like that. I don't know. Some house of blues wherever that is anyway, now on the on the off chance that he should hear this is there anything you'd like to say to him i'm still single <laughs> you want to hook up again yeah <laughs> no seriously I'm, I'm not out to get married as you as you, you know billy said himself he's not out to get married but um no you know he he's the kind of guy he that is on this planet to make a lot of women smile and mm -hmm. he's very good at making them smile. And he's, there are some men that are selfish. He's not one of them. <laughs> okay. He's a, well, I'm sure he'll be very pleased to hear that. But, you know, like I said, if if he ever wanted to um, hook up again, I'm definitely all for it. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I mentioned, um, we won't go into, but you were the uh, one of the first people in the state or the country, actually, to be charged with cyber-stalking. Uh, that's the details on that are at your website, and you appeared on Mo the Montel Williams about that. Told your story, and there's a new clip of you being interviewed in jail, actually. Uh huh. So we won't really get into that too much here, I, but I'm fine. I have, I have. Well, in the, in the interests of time, um, uh, I have you, no restraining order that prevents me from talking about it anymore. Okay. Have you? I'll just ask you this one question: Have you had made any contact? with this man since then? Has he contacted you? Has he ever apologized? No, no, ever... no, he never apologized, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. 
So do you think he ever will someday? Do you think you might actually run into him someday? No, 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 no. You know, there are some men that um, <laughs> they're going to do their damnedest never to, you know, confront their, uh, I guess, uh, problem. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I don't see why he tries to deny it. I mean, you were with him. How long were you with him? Were Seven you years. Seven years. I mean, that's, you know, that says, says, says a lot for him and his stamina, doesn't it? So, well, it, I, you know, there, like I said, there are some people, no matter what, it, it, I, I truly believe in this, as bad as this may sound coming from me, that, you know, because we were a couple that enjoyed, uh, you know, a, a, a taste of the, a little sadomasochism, a little bondage and humiliation, et cetera, that I think he reached his ultimate goal of being humiliated, but in public. I think mm-hmm. it, that was the, the big, you know, picture there for him because he truly, everybody now knows that he's a liar. Everybody mm-hmm. now knows that, you know, he, he was, you know, a married man who mm-hmm. led. Well, you've definitely put forth the evidence. I'll say that. Well, yeah, I think the evidence spoke for itself. I didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't really put forth the evidence. Like, you know, I just like, I didn't ruin his reputation. He just, I just drew attention to the fact that he had ruined his reputation. Okay. So yeah. when you ruin a man's reputation, apparently, you know, you leave a bigger wound than if he, you know, <laughs> I guess has managed to stay under that rock. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, it was a uh, lesson for me. I will never, ever, ever demand an apology from a man again. I don't care how bad he fucks me over. <laughs> like, okay, you that... got me. You got me. You know, no apology is worth going to jail over. I can tell you that. Okay. okay, so with that, I'll say thanks again so much for doing this, Ruby. Uh, in closing, uh, besides Billy Idol, is there anyone you'd like to give a shout-out to? Um, Anyone I'd like. Any single man that likes to dance, <laughs> I'm okay. available. You know, I, I, uh, I have a checkered past, and... Uh, I'm titanium from the hips down to the kneecaps, but hey, (laughs) yeah, and I'm 57. But if you like to dance, feel free to say hi to me over at (laughs) MissRubyTuesday.com. Okay, and would you like to give a plug to your, uh, well, it's not your hairdressing salon, but the salon where you work? Um, Yeah, sure. I work over at M&E Hair Express, but I work for myself. So, Mm -hmm. again, it's just go to MissRubyTuesday.com and get in touch, and if you want a haircut, I'll give you a haircut. Okay, great. And it dance, let's dance. (laughs) Okay, so on behalf of myself and Ruby, I'll say thank you to the fans and readers of Idle Features. Besides our podcast channel, check out our main website at idlefeatures.com for Ruby's upcoming interview, as well as many more interviews and articles on ladies who are just worthy of a double take. (laughs) This has been Chris Charles. Bye, Chris. Thank you so much.